Radio Vampires, everybody, with your hosts, Jessica and Mickey. That's right. It's our special uh, The World is a Dumpster Fire edition. Yeah, um, I think we should start by saying that we are both uh, anti-racist, and if you're a racist and you listen to our show, please stop, because we hate you. I know. I, feel um, like, I, I, don't, feel like we, I don't feel like we have like anybody who's listening, you know, like, I feel like whoever, no. yeah. It's, I feel like we don't, but like just to say it, you know, yeah, like I, mean, I want I want people to know that if they harbor these feelings, that I hate them. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I feel like from the get from the very be- I think you know, it was funny because our first episode ever we even did Get Out had just come out and we talked about Get Out, you know, and like so um, and how much we loved it, how much we were so angry that people were complaining as, that it was an anti-white movie. I feel like we've been we've been we've worn our. Um, our political beliefs on our sleeve, you know, like, um, yeah, I feel like we're, we've both been pretty vocal about yeah. that, especially, you know, any, you know, bigot or racist piece of shit. Also, I personally would like to say, um, abolish ICE and defund the police Fuck yeah. uh, for anyone else listening. And if you have any questions about that, sincere questions, you can always, um, hit me up on my Instagram and I can explain it to you what those terms mean. Yep. Into it, I uh, I'm, I'm I back you up 100. percent Woo, um, yeah. So so the world is a dumpster fire. Yeah. I think um, it's apparent that people coming out of the word work, um, thinking that they can just vocalize their shit ass views is is like broad now. It's all over the internet. So I feel like escapism is like really big right now because we all need something to to uh to listen to or watch that can kind of calm down our brains you know uh because at first i think we were both hesitant about releasing a an episode yeah with everything that's going on and then you know we finally were just like this shit is important and we should so yeah so yeah this is our episode <laughs> this is our episode everybody yeah i mean escapism but, has been really uh it's been it's been tough to enjoy I did, uh, I was saying to you before we recorded, I, uh, uh, the week of, you know, when this all started with the, you know, with, with George Floyd, George Floyd's death, um, I watched, uh, People Under the Stairs, because I had already intended to watch it as part of my Friday night movies with my wife, and yes. I, I've and always, did this once, yeah, did and, it, an episode, I ate an edible, it went really bad for me, but, but I, you know, <laughs> and then funny. we watched it, and I started freaking out, and I was like, no! But, um, but yeah, you, you recently, it's, it's so fucking good. It's one of my favorite endings of any movie and I needed to watch it two weeks ago because I just, you know, I, I, like I said, I had already planned it. it was, it was completely coincidental. Like I had already planned it like a week and a half beforehand. Cause like, I've been trying to plan these, these nights with my wife and like, I've been trying to like be creative about it. And, um, but that one, like it's one of my favorite endings of all time. And you know what? It's one of those moments where it's like, I needed a happy ending, you know, like, Especially, you know, in that sense where, like, the, the, I don't know, the racist white pieces of shit at the end of the movie are dead. And yeah. the entire low income, you know, uh, and, you know, people who have been, like, marginalized are having a, a victory in the streets. I, I, to me, is, like, always my, one of my favorite endings. And I was just like, it, I really did this yeah. time. Like, it got me a little say, harder. Yeah, the, the, the end, they all come together, right? Like, she tries to pull out a gun and there's like that's there's that and then all. yeah and then he uh and then he blows up the basement of the house and like all the <laughs> money comes flying out and the entire neighborhood is like celebrating and uh it just it 
It was the first time I'd seen that ending where, like, I actually got choked up, but... I know, it's not... I, like, I think I've cried in everything that I've ever watched lately. I've just been like, now it's cry time. I need to, like, get out emotions. So, like, when I'm in public, I'm, you know, sort of a full human. Um, Is that... What else did you watch? Um, And then last week... You know, again, like my wife and I've been doing these 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 movie nights, and like I just I was actually gonna I was like, movie nights been canceled. You know, I was gonna like, you know, I was really just gonna like, just I couldn't muster up. But then you know, we decided decided I was like, okay, well, you know, um, what would fit with the theme of what we were like, what the type of movies we were watching, and uh, you know, like a lot of genre films or like you know late night films or whatever. And I was like, um, you know, I ended up settling. Uh, well, I ended up going to Blackula, which has always been one of my favorite um, movies of the '70s in general, but also one of my favorite movies of like, you know, the, the black cinema in the '70s, where like you actually have like black filmmakers and black cast, and um, yeah, and I love. I mean, Blackula is one of my all-time favorites. Um, I saw it at a movie marathon at like. And it came out at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and, like, I think it was partially because I was, like, super tired, but, like, there was moments in that movie that actually freaked me the fuck out. Uh, again, a lot of it was just, like, me being really tired and being, like, oh, my God, like, just kind of jolted awake, you know? But William Marshall plays uh, Momo Walde, who is a, you know, he he's, him and his his wife, who's played by Vanetta McGee, she was in Repo Man, mm-hmm. they go to visit, um, he's an African prince, she's his wife, they go to visit Count Dracula to get, like, on a diplomatic mission to like, you know, to get the, the, put a seat, help try to get his support in the end of the slave trade. And, um, you know, Dracula turns out to be a racist piece of shit. Cause of course Dracula is, you know, like, I mean, he's a total dick and he turns Mama Walde into a vampire. And then you cut to like modern day Los Angeles. And, um, I don't know if you haven't seen it, you should totally check it out. It's on shutter. Now I, we, we watch, I have the double feature of that and scream Blackula scream with Pam, Pam Greer. But, um, oh, yeah. for me it was like, I grew up on Pee Wee's Playhouse where, you know, William Marshall played the king of our cartoons. So it's always interesting for me to see him as, like, this, like, you know, vampire dude, you know? But uh, it's great. Uh, It's a really awesome, um, you know, horror film from the 70s. I definitely recommend checking it out. And then, um, you know, I've been watching Joe Bob to kind of, like, keep up with the, um, you know, just it's been every weekend. The only thing I I did not watch was... uh, Cannibal, he showed Cannibal Holocaust, which I've seen it, and I I think it's a great movie. I never need to watch it again in my yeah, life. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw it, like, I think once, like, yeah. probably, like, 20 years ago, yep. and then that was the last time yeah. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I saw it in Boston and at, at Coolidge Corner Theater at a midnight showing, um, and I, like I said, I think it's a great movie. I think it's an important movie in horror, you know, it's, like, as far as, like, um, the type of movie it was, you know, I mean, it was a predated Blair Witch Project. It was part of this, you know, huge trend of, um, or this, this kind of like subgenre of like cannibal horror films, especially from Italy. But, um, I don't need to ever see it again. I don't, I don't think any animal has to die for fucking cinema, especially a fucking animal, like a turtle that has like such a long lifespan and to watch it get cut short because you're some Italian dudes making a horror movie. <laughs> I can I can do yeah. that. I again I, I and the thing is what I, what I found really kind of inspiring was that the horror community and there's of course you got some douchebags in it in that as well. But a lot of the horror like when Joe Bob played it, they were like they gave two warnings and they were like, look, if you don't feel like you want, you can watch this movie. We totally understand. Nobody's judging you. We're showing it for X Y Z reasons. 
Um, if you want to watch the movie, you want to watch the commentary that he does, you could watch it the next day on Shutter. They released the commentary tracks alone if you wanted to, where you don't have to watch the movie. Um, and it was really kind of inspiring to see the horror community kind of be like, yeah, like being really respectful of each other. And of course, you had some assholes be like, I don't see what the fucking big deal is. And it's like, yeah, of course you don't, because you're a douche. But um, I was really nice to see that, like, and actually, in general, with, all, with everything that's happening in the world, it's really nice to see that the horror community is very much, um, you know, anti-racist, anti-animal cruelty. Every anti The horror community turns out to be, like, some of the more woke people you, you'll ever see. And, like, um... Would, you know, I would hope so, but, like, uh, it's hard to gauge that, especially through the internet, because it gives you access to, like, weird shit, you sure. know, like, trolls, and, like... Yeah. So when Get Out came out, this is, uh, this is the problem that was with Rotten Tomatoes, which they actually changed their... I believe they changed their structure, but I saw... I first saw it with Get Out, um, it was before the movie had came out, had been released even in, in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. the user reviews were really low, and I was like, what the fuck? And mm-hmm. I remember clicking on them and being like, this this movie hasn't even come yet, come out yet, like, how can this be? And all of the user reviews were, like, troll reviews that were yeah. left, and they were, like, they were, like, Jordan's, Jordan Peele's, like, race-baiting movie, like, against white people, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> but those are, the, I mean, I don't, I, you know... I, feel, I consider those more douchebags than members of the horror community. I consider those the same douchebags who when, like, Wonder Woman at the Alamo Draft House is having their, like, women-only screen. We're like, well, that's sexist, and I'm good. Like, you don't get it, fucking dude, and you're not – I don't think you – you know what I mean? Like, to, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, they're not horror movie fans or they're not comic book fans. Or they're just douchebags who are trying to, like, be assholes. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think anybody who, who truly – I just I don't consider them part of any sort of you know community other than one that I don't want nothing to do with. So I know exactly what you're talking about Get Out because we talked about that. But those aren't pe- those people aren't they aren't us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like fuck those people. They uh, aren't. No, they aren't us. Um, I watched I watched like a lot of different things. I mean, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I built a graveyard in my um, island. Jesus just Christ! So everybody knows it's really cool. Uh, <laughs> I watched a uh, okay, so I finally watched it. I watched Blow the Man Down on Amazon Prime. Uh huh. Um, it takes place in like you know like Gloucester, like Maine or something. You know what I mean? Like one of the sea towns, like the old sea towns. And, yeah. And and you know, um, uh, this family, this two sisters and their mom dies, and they're trying to deal with all this shit. And then basically, what happens is. Um, one of them accidentally kills someone because <laughs> he's trying to come after her. Like, she sees something in his trunk, and she's like, oh, fuck, and she tries to run, and he chases after her, and she she defends herself, and she kills him. And it's basically about how this town of, like, women who run shit have taken care of this and back to their own and, and whatever. It's actually really fucking good, I, and it's pretty funny. I, I, um, I didn't, I wasn't sure if I'd like it or not, and I really ended up enjoying it. Yeah, my wife, um, my wife liked it. She was watching it too. Yeah, it, it was super fun. I I did really like it. And then I watched um, Brother from Another Planet. Yeah, which, that's one. Of my- uh, it's funny. I originally heard about this movie through Santa Family uh, a few years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, they did this run of they had like a festival. Of movies yeah, and it's funny because they bought a shirt because they were showing you know suburbia. Uh, they were showing. Um, a whole bunch of shirts. Well, you and I went to, we, we both we have, went to a bunch of them. We both got the shirts on the same night. Yeah. We and, and on the shirt, it's it's the still from Brother from Another Planet. Yeah. And, uh, and you had showed it on your birthday, but I had I had come late or maybe. Yeah, you early, did. I can't remember. <laughs> um, it's, and it's great. It's a delightful movie. I love it. It is. 
it's like I, I it's on Amazon Prime and so I I really wanted to watch it and so I finally sat down and watched it and I remember this guy mostly from Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. He, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because that I think uh that's probably the movie I've seen most in my entire life like when I was a kid I watched it over and over and over again and I remember him distinctly from that movie because he's in it. Uh, but yeah, he, he's in this, um, he, you know, he's an alien and he, um, he's like a slave alien from another planet and he comes to America to escape them. And it's just about, you know, it's about immigration and, and, and black people and how people see them, especially homeless people and, and stuff like that. It's actually like Beautiful. a really great fucking movie. And I feel like, um, it's, it's underrated for sure. I, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, and then I watched um, Black Power Mixtape, uh, which I know is available in some countries on movie, and then it's also available on Amazon Prime. Um, it's basically a look back at the 70s, um, you know, Black Panthers and, and the rise of, of Black Power and, and the music. And it was really fucking cool. And it was told by a bunch of Swedish people, which is really interesting. <laughs> Um, you know, they were Swedish documentary-ish, documentaryists. Yeah, I remember. Um, which is really cool. Uh, definitely watch it. Um, I watched Black Noir, which we talked about Beyond Fest had premiered what, last year? Yeah, uh, I think two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago? Yeah. Um, I didn't get to see it. You got to see it at Beyond Fest, right? No, I watched it immediately like the, when it oh, came out okay. on Shudder. Yeah, it's on Shudder. Um, so it's like a documentary of, um, you know, black directors and actors and horror. Um, and it goes through pretty much every bit of horror, you know, how black people have been tokenized within that industry and then have also come out of it and have, you know, these, these really great movies that are out. And Shudder is actually, like you said, uh, they have a bunch, they have, you know, Blackula, they have Scream, Blackula Scream, they have Sugar Hill. Yeah. Um, and so that's really cool that they're including these old movies. Um, you know, I think Amazon has a bunch of them too, but you have to pay for them and Amazon kind of sucks. But, um, but yeah, I, it's such a cool documentary. Like I had so much fun watching it. Um, and then I also rewatched Watchmen the series. Um, so this is because a friend had come over and she had never seen the series and I was like, Oh, it's so cool. Like you really have to watch it. And she had never seen any of it. And so I had to give her, like, an education really quick. So I did make her watch the movie. I don't care what anyone says. It's also the quickest way to get all the information to her. And then I explained the differences between the movie and the comic. Sure. Just so she could have an understanding of it. And then also I forgot that in the first episode of Watchmen, the series, that they go through the Tulsa race riots, which is really fucking heavy. Um, especially, you know, for anybody. But... You know, especially for black people in this type of uh, atmosphere that we're in, where we're yeah. you know trying to come together and and uh, finally change these type of ideals, you know, mm-hmm. that have been had. But I really like the new series because of the Hooded Justice storyline. It's great. I honestly think it's so cool. I thought it was so cool that they took that character and made him into that. And like, I don't give a fuck. I don't even know what Alan Moore said because you know he's just like a mad wizard. <laughs> I, you know, um, but I fucking love the Hooded Justice storyline. I, yeah. I really love what they did with it. Um, you know, so, yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's even seen it, but I feel like even like what, the series was so good. And I do like the fact that they're like, they were kind of like, we're one and done, you know? Um, yeah. 
I feel like even Alan Moore would have to admit that if if he watched it would even have to admit that it was it was pretty it was let me put it this way I, and I said this to you when we, when it, you know when I finally got around to watching it which is to me it was closer to the comic book than the actual movie was you know what I mean like it captured all the right feelings and ideals and like and the um the the, the points that I feel like the the comic book had you know and I, I really I. I think that that show really blew me out of the fucking water. It was so good. It was just like uh, I I just can't get over it. I was really, really impressed. Sister Knight is such a cool fucking character too. I'm just like I I love it so much. Um, what's her name? Regina King. Yeah. Uh, she's so sick as Sister Knight. And then also I swear to God, I'm in love with the Hooded Justice storyline. You know, especially how he yeah. was a cop beforehand, and then obviously within the police force, there's a ton of racism. He couldn't get anything done. He couldn't help the people that he wanted to originally, and that's why he became oh, and a cop. He's, he's also facing. He's also facing. Um, you know, his own is his fellow police officers. Like he, they don't they like beat the shit out of him. You know. Yeah, yeah, and the whole fact that he had to whitewash his whole image. You know yeah. what I mean? He could never be seen as a black man. So. I I really thought that Watchmen was like the series is just so cool and I wanted to bring that up also because I'm I've been watching it. Yeah, you know it's it's weird because like you know and, and this will somehow and I will tie this into our the movie we watched we did we're going to talk about but I forgot another movie I watched which was um and I only this was actually I watched this um a few weeks ago before you know um a lot of things you know happened. But, you know, and I've talked about this so many times on this podcast because it's one of my comfort movies. And, like, I was just – I put this on because I was, like, depressed about COVID-19. But uh, it was House Party. Oh, my God. I watched that that movie probably every three months. Um, Dude, I haven't seen it in so long. I used to love Couldn't Play. I used to, like – you know, there was comics out, like, after the movie. Oh, I I know. I love them. Um. And this will all come together uh, when we, we start talking about our, the movie we, we did. But, um, I, yeah, I watched that again, and uh, I just fucking love that movie so much. Um, and it's like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I also follow Kid from Kid and Play on Instagram. And you do? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. It's delightful. <laughs> it is, he is a delight to follow. I mean, all he talks about is how people should be staying safe out there and smoking weed. And Hell it's yeah. great. Hell yeah, dude! Something that I can really get behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the reason I brought it up though is because um, um, the you know it's funny. I love House Party one. I've never seen House Party two, or three. I feel like I've definitely seen two, but I don't really remember. You know, I remember things from when I was little, but yeah, I should rewatch them. That's a good thing to rewatch. It's been so long, I think, since I've seen it that. Well, one of the writers of House Party 2 was Rusty Condiff, who was, I think he's also in Black Noir in the documentary. Am I, yeah, not he is. Yeah. He is, um, which I thought was cool because uh, the movie that we're doing is is Tales from the Hood. Tales from the Hood. Um, which uh, I had, I don't even remember the last time I watched it, maybe like 10 or so years ago. Yeah. Although Heather was like, didn't we just watch it? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I smoked so much weed that my short-term memory is just so not there. That I was yeah. Like, Shit, I thought it was forever ago, but I probably did watch it with her. Um, yeah, Tales from the Hood, so fucking cool. Um, I forgot how much I I liked it. Um, and it's funny because our friend Eric, who's been on the show before from Mess Syndicate, had made some um, Tales from the Hood pins. Yeah. 
so I had mine, and so I was like, oh, I should get it out, and, you know, put it on my jacket or something. Um, and it's funny because I was wearing it one day, and this girl just happened to have a Tales from the Hood hat, and I was like, that's so fucking cool. I was like, oh, we have to be best friends now. Um, but this is a great movie. It was directed by Rusty Cundiff, Cundiff, Cundiff and Darren Scott. Um, and who were in the, um, well, Rusty Cundiff is definitely in, uh, Black Noir. Yeah. Along with a lot of other stars, um, well, from movies. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, so to kind of give you guys a quick overview who haven't seen it, which I feel like, like a lot of our listeners probably have, but uh, it is a anthology film uh, in the style of like Tales from the Crypt, hence you know the title. But they're all um, they're all themed in the black community, um, all the stories, and um, and the, the the bookend, the kind of like the crypt keeper, if you will, uh, and this is my favorite part of the entire movie is Clarence Williams the third. Who was um, he was on the Mod Squad? He played Prince's dad in Purple Rain. I mean, he's just, he was a, he's a great character actor, and he's uh, I mean he's obviously my favorite Iconic, part. Yeah, yeah. but um, it, you know, it, it, so these are all stories, and we'll get into that in a second. But the, you know, it's funny in the documentary Black Noir, uh, the you know the you know Rusty Connolly got to make a sequel to Tales from the Hood. Uh, I think two years ago. Um, yeah, which is funny because I didn't see it. I haven't seen it yet either. I didn't even know it existed, really. I think I, I saw it when I was, like, looking up um, yeah. to see if he had done other stuff. And I was like, wait, there's another one that came out? And now I have to watch it. And, and, and you know, what I was going to say is because, like, the, um, you know, Clarence Williams III has passed away. So who took over his role? But Keith David, who was in Black Noir. He the pl- coolest motherfucker. He is, I mean, out of all, like, the famous people I've ever met, and had, he is hands down the coolest one I've ever met. Um, and I told that story before about like working. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Cause now every time I see Keith David, I think about your story <laughs> about how, like, you know, like how, like it was like empire records, but instead of Rex Manning day for me, it was Keith David day. And like, <laughs> and like, I was, I was like as close to, well, I mean, I almost pulled, I probably wouldn't have been surprised if I had pulled a live Tyler. Um, but no, I mean, I got to, you know, I talked to him and, um, my job that day was to make sure that he got everything he needed and all he wanted was coffee, and I was more than ha- coffee's my my bread and butter. Oh, yeah, it's my, it's Mickey my, and black coffee are like yeah. And that. so, uh, but he actually remembered me at the uh, at the the premiere, and um, you know we talked for a few. And he, I mean, uh, I can't get over how much of an amazing guy that guy is. But he plays the Clarence Williams the third character, like the Undertaker character. So oh, cool. yeah. So these three black, um, I guess they're teenagers. Um, they show up to this funeral parlor to to buy drugs from the um from the the, the, the director. funeral director who has you know he found them and he's he's stashing them in the um in, in the funeral home and as he's like as the story like he's he's showing them these different bodies or these different caskets and explaining the backstory behind them which is the you know and then we go into the um the first one and i i kind of want to I kind of want to mention my own white privilege in this one in the sense that I, you know, the first story is about these, um, racist cops who, um, they pull over a, um, a, a black activist, a black politician, and they, um, they beat him to death more or less. Yeah. And they frame him. And, yeah. Go ahead. Um, well, I was going to say, and it also goes into, there was a black police officer That's also right. on the force and, you know, um, not only, um, did they, you know, beat the, the guy to death, the professor, but they also, you know, made sure that the 
back police officer didn't say anything, couldn't say anything. Right. He ended up, you know, quitting his job and, you know, so um, I, I being wa- disgraced. Yeah, and, and like watching this, um, you know, this is the white privilege part. I was like, oh my God, this is um, this is really tough to watch, especially now. And then I thought, you know, for like the, the split second that I thought that I also thought, yeah, and it's probably even worse to have to live it, which is happening all the fucking time. So, you know fucking watch it and you know what I mean like I was just like oh man this is so intense and it's like yeah it is but you know what I mean like it, it was one of those moments where I just had to check myself and realize that like my delicate sensibilities are uh, nothing compared to what's really happening out there and this is really yeah. happening you know um taking the um taking that a- aspect you know putting that aside for a split second like if you want to talk about the cast um do you recognize any of the cops Oh yeah, Michael Massey. Well, uh, yeah, Michael Massey. That I was gonna, I was gonna be like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Fun boy. Yeah, yeah, fun boy from the Crow. And um, um, and just you know, he's in the. I think he was in what um, seven. He's in Lost yeah, he's Highway. In, he's in a ton of shit. He was the guy but, who, who unfortunately. I yeah. I was thinking about it too because I was like, he kind of just has the face of a villain. I know. Like, some people just have that face. It's like. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the cheeks or yeah. like the cheekbones or what, but he has a villainy face. Right. So it's perfect. <laughs> so they, they, they kill this. So him and they, all the cops did like wings Hauser. He's known for being a villain in a bunch of like eighties exploitation films. And then Dwayne Whitaker, who is the guy with the beard, he is the racist shop owner in Pulp Fiction. So they are all, these are all actors who just look like villains and they're perfectly cast. And the interesting thing is that the, um, Tom Wright, who plays uh, Martin Morehouse, the the black politician that's uh, that's murdered, or black activist, I, I you know, he um, he plays you know so he obviously in the story he comes back from the dead and, and he like you know they're trying to escape him in their cop car and he's like you know it it's um and he's just he won't let you know he just basically torments them until they're dead you know um, yeah and uh, he Tom Wright the actor who played that character. He also played a very similar character in Creepshow 2 as a hitchhiker who gets hit by this lady and then just keeps haunting her, like, showing up on her, like, in the front of her car, like, you know, on top of her car, like, just, you know, uh, a very similar role to what he plays in Tales from the Hood, but, um, the, you know, that was the first story. And the second one... Oh, yeah. This uh, one is just blows me, blows my mind. The second one, just mostly because of who's the villain in yeah, it. Yeah, David Allen Greer, which is, like... It's so fucking funny because every you know you have an idea in your head of who an actor is, and then they, you know, I like that people do these roles because uh, they they talk about this in Black Noir too, where people did not like seeing him like that. No. <laughs> you know, they were like they were jarred. They were like, "Whoa, wait a second! Like this is a guy who I love, and and he's like playing this like bastard, yeah, you know, like abuser of children and women." And you're like, "Wait a second. Um, so it goes into domestic abuse a little bit too. So like police brutality and domestic abuse. Yeah. This little boy who's, um, Brandon Hammond, he was in Mars attacks. He plays a uh, Pam, one of Pam Greer's kids. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's showing up to school. His teacher is played by Rusty Condief, by the way. Um, Oh, cool. Oh, really? Yeah. In Mars attacks? No, 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 no. In, oh. in, in Tales from the Hood, his teacher, the one who goes to his house. Cause anyway, this kid keeps showing oh, up yeah, with bruises. Yeah. 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 This kid keeps showing up with bruises, and this teacher is really concerned. So he goes, to the, and, and the kid keeps talking about how the monster did it, and, um, and he's drawing these pictures of this monster um, that's you know hurting him and his mother. And then 
the teacher goes and finds out more or less that it is his stepfather, um, who's played by David Allen Greer, who is fucking terrifying in it. Like, terrifying yeah. in a very realistic, like, what a garbage human being. Like, what a scary dude. My um, favorite thing in it was when he walks in the door, and she's coming to it, and he's like, you didn't get it for me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, right. Okay, like, you have to open the door for him? Like, he can't be bothered to touch the door handle to open the door himself. It was, it was kind of great. And, like, you're, for a second, you're like, wait a second, is that, is it that bad? And then you're like, oh, no, he's, it's fucking bad. He's bad. And, and then, and well, and then you're also like, wait a minute, is that David Allen Greer? <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's funny because, like, you know, I mean, obviously he was an In Living Color, but he was also – I you know, I don't remember him being on SNL as a – I mean, I guess he was a regular cast member for a year or two. But one of my favorite sketches of all time, which is, is uh, Will Ferrell, and I can't remember her name, but they're playing newscasters in San Diego. Maybe it's in – I don't know. It's some, it's some, they're on some morning show, and the teleprompter goes out. And they have a story turns into like Lord of the Flies, but like David Allen Greer plays the weatherman, and they all just don't know. How, once the teleprompter goes out, and they're not told what to say, they completely lose their minds and they go crazy. <laughs> and it's, it, I mean, it ends with like it's it's one of those awesome sketches that happened in the mid '90s on SNL, where just it gets taken to the 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 most extreme length that it could go, and it's so fucking dark and funny. And um, I do love that. And and again, like. That that's the story in, in Tales in the Hood. It's just what the cast fucking makes it so good, you know. Yeah, um, it's really enjoyable, and plus, you know, I your favorite is mostly the eighties, and I'm yeah. like seventies and nineties, and so I fucking love the nineties. I do. I just can't help it. Like those nineties, like shit is even if it's bad, I kind of like it. But this is like such a great movie yeah. from that time period. I think it was like what ninety five or. 95. 95. Um, it's really cool. And then the, you know, the other story, I, I think I kind of love it. Also, I'm really scared of dolls. Yeah. So, like, in the third story, there's, like, this, um, you know, politician. And it's funny because um, he was staying in an old plantation, um, which I always, I always find, like, weirdly distasteful. Like, I had a problem with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively because they got married at a plantation, and I was like, why the fuck would you do that? Right. You're gonna celebrate your mari- marriage like that? Like, I don't, I don't know. It always made me feel weird, but um, you know, that goes into, like, systemic racism and, like, institutional racism yeah. and, and, and stuff, and, like, so they have these, like, dolls that are, like, old souls of people who died at the Murdered plantation. slaves. Yeah, they're murdered slaves, and they they come back to, like, haunt and kill and exact their revenge. So in in some way, they get revenge, finally. Um, But dolls fucking scare me. Puppets, dolls really freak me out. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because this one, for me, it's like, it's it's not, it's, it's probably my least favorite. I still like it, but I... Really? Yeah, I mean, I love Corbin Burnson in it because, you know, again, another actor who's a great actor, but is really good at being hated. You know, he's really good at playing yeah. a villain. Um, what I really love about this particular story, though, is that Christopher Young does the music for this entire movie, and the music he does for this segment is fucking dynamite. Like, it is the best music in all of the stories. It's got the best music. Um, but, you know, Christopher Young being the guy who did the music for Hellraiser, Nightmare on Street 2. Yeah, um, cool. A lot of really cool shit. Um, 
so I it's it's not my favorite, but it's also like got my favorite music in it. Um, and I do like, like I said, I like Corbin Burns, and I also like. There's a lot of like really nice. There there are some really great subtleties to this this segment where it's like you know he plays a former KKK member who's now running uh, as a politician, and he hires a a um, well I don't know what the position's called like a uh, spin doctor I guess. Yeah. He, he hires a black guy who whose job is to like you know be public relations or PR guy. Yeah. Who basically is like coaching him on how to be liked. Um, despite being a, such a racist piece of shit. And it's a really, like, it's, it's pretty, dis- it's pretty, when you think about it, it's pretty disturbing. It's also, like, um, there's some great moments in that, too, where the guy's just like, man, I'm spending way too much. Because at one point, he, like, he kind of, like, he pretends to be Corbin Burnson on camera, and then he's like, yeah. I've been spending way too much time with you, and it's like, and yeah. that, that, you know, the painting of the, <laughs> of yeah. the old lady, like, yeah. judging and staring down. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's great. I think the whole thing is great, you know, and then it rounds off, you know, at oh, the yeah. end, like, those three teenagers that come in are dead! Well, the fourth... Well, the, dead from gun violence. Because the fourth story is that crazy, like, weird sci-fi one about that one guy who, like, he, um, he... He's a gangster who like gets taken into taken to prison and then Rosalind. Oh Ke- yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's I that. Fourth- about that. It's like a weird clockwork orangey type of, um, you know, uh, rehabilitation. Yeah, rehabilitation. Like we're we're gonna do this and we're gonna rehabilitate you and and yeah, I thought that that is um. That's I mean, that one's probably my favorite one. That's got that's one that's got Rosalind Cash in it from Omega yeah. Man, but it's also it's like one of her last roles too, but. That was the one that's basically, like, you know, because she's talking about how, like, you know, in a world where, you know, white people are killing black people left and right, why are you, why are you helping them? Like, why are you being a part of this problem, you know? And, like, and she's really, you know, it's this weird experimental, like, rehabilitation, but, like, the, the message is, like, there's, like, at one point he's, like, haunted by this, like, this little girl who's the victim of, like, one of his, like, a straight bullet from one of his, like, drive-bys and everything, and she's, like, the little girl's, like, you know, basically asking why, and he's just, like, you know, bullets don't have names, you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time, but, like, they're trying, she's trying, this, Rosalind Cash's character is basically, be- like, over and over again, she's, like, it's not too late for you to, like, to just change, and, of course, he doesn't. Yeah, he just refuses. He you refuses. Know, yeah. I think that's a big point too is that like he just you know people get in denial of their own wrongdoing and they're like i did what i had to exactly the expense of everyone else right and so yeah that ah, such a cool movie yeah and then of course like you were saying that the not only well i don't want to give away too much of a twist but like (laughs) yeah i mean no no no, but there's there's, seen tales from the hood yeah but the twist should fucking do it yeah but the twist of those the three dudes from the beginning are the three kids like, it ties into the end of the fourth story, you know? It's, like, so it's kind yeah. of, like, um, but, you know, that's when Clarence Williams, and Clarence Williams the third is, like, he's so fucking hilarious one minute because he's playing this character that's just so, like, he's playing him as if he's scatterbrained and just kind of, like, off in a different thing, you know? Like, and then he turns out to be far more um, sinister. And, uh, I, I, and, you know, it's got, it's got probably one of the best lines. The best line of the entire movie is, welcome to hell, motherfuckers, you know? Um, and then it turns into some pretty weak CGI as far as I'm concerned, but everything leading up to that is fucking fantastic. Um, 
And it's, a, I mean, it really is. It's a solid movie. Um, in 1995, who else was? I, I'm gonna ask this. Who else was in Black Noir? Because I'm trying to remember. I know like the I know the actors who were in it, but the directors was Ernest Dickerson in there? I think he was right. Uh, fuck, I don't remember. Ernest Dickerson, um, for our, our, you know, long-time listeners, uh, he was the director of Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, which had come out, I think... Oh, they did talk about... I don't know if he was in it, but they definitely talked about Demon Knight. Yeah. Jada, obviously, too. Yeah, and, like, and so Ernest Dickerson, uh, was... He was previously the cinematographer for Spike Lee. He got, he went on to direct Demon Knight. Spike Lee was actually an executive producer on Tales from the Hood. Yeah. You know, so, um... You know, it, it was interesting because, like... He is, he is in it, yeah. Yeah. Dickinson, yeah, and I feel like, you know, um, it's cinematically, at least genre-wise, like horror, fil- horror films-wise and everything, like, and sci-fi, like, the black community gets really kind of underserved in the 80s, you know? Especially after, like, the yeah. 70s when you had Blackula, Sugar Hill, J.D.'s Revenge, um, Scream Black, Scream Blackenstein, which, look, the title Blackenstein, uh, it sounds like it's going to be really awesome, it's really not. That movie's fucking terrible. Um, I would I would give that one a pass, but um, and and not because of for any other reason other than the fact that like they, they the Frankenstein's monster in Blackenstein just it's it's so they 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 the camera follows him through every movement he makes and it's very slow. It's just like oh my god, is he gonna is he gonna catch up to them or not? Like I'm just I'm going crazy. But uh, watch you know Abby. But then like the eighties, you get nothing. You know, like, you really don't get much. I mean. I think, um... Yeah, you really don't, and I can't really think of one off the top of my head, which kind of sucks. Well, you get, yeah, Ken Sagos from Nightmare on Elm Street 3, who plays Kincaid, he talks about how, like, he makes it to the end of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, and then somebody, like, and he says this before in another documentary, I saw where it's like, somebody must have figured out, like, wait, 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 we let the black guy live? Because in the beginning of the fourth one, he's killed right away. (laughs) But he talks about that in horror noir, and then, um... But then the '90s, we get like Candyman, Tales from the Crypt, you know, which was again directed by you know, it, it's got a, a predominantly Night. white cast, but um, yeah, well, um, you get Tales from the Hood, Tales yeah, the Hood. you yeah. like kind of have a, a new renaissance, and then obviously, it took this long. It took what twenty? Oh, fuck, when did it get out? Twenty eighteen? Yeah, it no, 2016, I think twenty. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, well, no, wait, Us was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. <sighs> I don't remember. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, and it, it took uh, 2017. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's get out. But it took that long to for, to have, like, a, a movie that was solely about them, you know what I mean? And, and the tropes and the tokenisms that happen in film. Yeah. Uh, and so... Yeah, I don't know if you, if you guys haven't seen these movies, definitely look them up. There's also like a shit ton of other movies that you yeah. can see if you don't quite understand what our country is based on. You know, sure. um, another film. Um, it's funny because it, in Black Noir they keep talking about Eve's Bayou, and I remember watching it, and I remember not thinking it was a horror movie, and now I have to go rewatch it. I was like, was it a horror movie? Uh, you know, who directed that, huh? You know, who directed that, right? Who directed it? Cassie Lemons, she plays the best friend in Candyman. She's also oh, yeah. in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, she's a director, and she directed Eve's Bayou and uh, something else. I want to see the Caveman's Valentine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I have to go. I have to go rewatch it because I'm like, fuck. It probably was like <laughs> way more of a horror movie than I can remember. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, Tales from the Hood is just really fucking cool and like still poignant. It was yeah. made in 1995. It's now 2020. You know, nothing's changed. Just, 
there, nothing has changed. And, and so uh, really cool. And it's directed by black people. It stars black people. It's produced by black people. So it's like just this like really fucking cool movie that I think everyone should watch just to get an idea about, you know, sure. black film culture and culture in itself and police brutality and all the things that, you know, film tries yeah. to Yeah. I mean, a lot of different, like really, you know, important stuff that, that happens, um, you know, in the community and stuff like that. And then, you know, there's a Tales from the Hood 2, and yeah. there's a Tales from the Hood 3 coming out, supposedly. Oh, really? Supposedly, I mean, he, well, he was set to start shooting it, I think, this year, but of course, like everything else that's happened in um, the world, um, that's probably not going to happen directly right away for another year, but um, supposedly he's he's uh, on board to do, or he's all set to do uh, Tales from the Hood 3. Cool. Yeah. That'll be really cool. I definitely have to watch Tales from the Hood 2. I gotta find it. I'm sure it's streaming on every platform. Um, but yeah, dude, Tales from the Hood is on Amazon Prime. Um, you know, Black Power mixtape uh, is on Amazon Prime as well. Black Noir is on Shutter along with Sugar Hill and Blackula. Um, 13th, um, When They See Us is on Netflix, if you guys want to watch those. They are not horror films, but they, uh, 13th is a documentary. When They See Us is, a, like, a documentary drama based off the Central Park Five. Selma is really good, um, too, uh, just totally about, you know, the Martin Luther King Jr. march um, and how a peaceful protest was met with such brutality that it totally, like, this is the thing that, like, it was also new too because they filmed it there's like real footage of this happening and it was broadcast to america and i think it was like one of the first time that people really saw the scale of police brutality um malcolm x too denzel washington um spike lee do the right thing really fucking do the right thing yeah so there are so many movies available on netflix on amazon prime on shutter you know, please do yourself um, a favor and watch them because they are not only important, but they're real fucking good. Yeah, and then for horror fans, I won't go into too many of them because uh, we're going to probably cover one or two other ones uh, in the next episode. But like, yeah, like I was saying before, Blackula Scream, Blackula Scream, those are on Shudder. Um, JD's Revenge, which is a great, like, you know, it's a nice little, like, kind of like a weird possession movie. Uh, Sugar Hill, which is a zombie film. Uh, Abby, which if you can find that one, check it out. Mostly because it was like there, there it was the black version of The Exorcist. It's um, it's pretty crazy, but it's got William Marshall from Blackula in it. Um, oh yeah, they mentioned that. It's on my list. I was like, yeah. there's a few movies that I hadn't seen, and I was like, oh, I gotta watch these. Yeah, I'm trying. Like I said, I'm trying. There's a few that I'm trying to like steer away from because we I want to we want to cover them in more detail. I know, like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know we really wanted to talk about Ganja and Hess, but I really wanted to do it, so we yeah. didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it, the thing about Ganja and Hess, it's, it's, and we will. That's gonna probably. Get, I think it's gonna be our next one, or or we're gonna talk about it at some point. But that's a it's a pretty. It, it's it, where Blackula is the fun. You know, it's like more of like the the fun um, black vampire film. Ganja and Hess is the more meditative, the more philosophical. Like it's great. Yeah. Um, it's um. You know, we'll see how that one pans out, but uh. Uh, yeah, that one's, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of great movies, but yeah, you can check them out on Shudder, um, you know, I'm trying to think of any of them off the top of my head, uh, also, Rusty Condi's other movies, um, he directed a movie called Fear of Black Hat, which was Spinal Tap, but for hip-hop, um, <laughs> that's, that is his first movie, um, Tales from the Hood 2, Tales from the Hood 3, when it comes out, um, go rewatch Demon Knight, um, 
you know, and then go ahead and re-listen to our episode because, you know, that's cool. Um, but that's a good one. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll be catching up with more stuff next week or in two weeks. Yeah, um, you know what's funny is we, we haven't um, talked about – well, Black Noir, they go over movies too that you – I want everyone to watch it. I post about it. Yeah. I posted about it in my stories, and I was surprised that there were so many people that were like, oh, shit, like I haven't watched this. Like what's it streaming on? And I was like, it says Shutter right on it. But yeah, motherfuckers, come on. <laughs> but Night of the Living Dead too. Like I, yeah. I sometimes forget how important that movie is Like because, you know, it, it's, it's a zombie movie, but it's very much about, you know – it's 1968, you know, it's like after Martin Luther King Jr. died, what? and you have this hero during the whole movie who gets murdered at the end yeah. by fucking police vigilante pieces of shit. Well, there's actually, I mean? it's a funny story about that. There's two stories about it. One is that, you know, the character originally was written, um, wasn't, there was no race wasn't, specified. Well, yeah. Oh, wait, there, yeah, and, and he just happened to, they talk about this in the documentary, yeah. but he just happened to be, you know, the best um, actor that they had seen. Yeah. and um, how it should have been in Hollywood, but it, really wasn't yeah and um you know he um and and then you know the other thing that um it's really important to 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 know too is that you know the ending of night of the living dead they already shot the ending and then when they were like in the middle of, i think they had just edited it and they were bringing the print to new york when martin luther king was mur- assassinated so it's like oh, it wasn't sure. it wasn't even intentional to it wasn't like they weren't trying to like let, let me put it this way they weren't trying to capture a moment in time they were just telling a story and because the real real life has to, can't be upstaged, you know, yeah. it happened in real fucking life. But also, uh, Dwayne Jones from um, Night of Living Dead is in, is the lead in Ganja and Hess. I think it's the only other movie he did. So we're going to talk about that one. But um, but yeah, but yeah, all these movies at at your disposal, um, People Under the Stairs too, is a really great one. I, I fucking love Wes Craven, dude. Yeah. He really tried to like give a voice to everybody. Yeah. Like, even if it's, like, very violent. <laughs> no, but, I mean, I was... Wes Craven and was... sexualized and weird, Sure, you know? but, but Wes Craven was... The, the great thing about Wes Craven was that he was... You know, after his... After Hills of Eyes and his daughter was like, I am fucking tired of watching women, you know, women falling down and running around and screaming. He makes one of the strongest female protagonists in Nightmare on Elm Street. And then People Under the Stairs, where he was really compelled to tell a story about the haves versus the have-nots, you know? And then... Yeah. Two movies later... And he didn't write this, of course, but he was like he did Vampire in Brooklyn, which was Eddie Murphy's. Uh, I, I know. I stand for that movie. I Vampire know. Vampire in Brooklyn is good. Everyone can fight me about it, but I fucking love that movie. Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy wanted to. They wanted to make another Blackula type movie, and they wanted to get the guy who did Hills of Eyes because they loved it. And like Wes Craven was like, I get to work with Eddie Murphy. Finally, I can work outside of the horror genre. And so you have two different, like, people coming to each other, wanting to do the exact opposite of what they were known for. And, um, hey, Jess loves it, so. I do. Vampire and Bug is good. Everyone fight me. It's got some moments. <laughs> it's got its moments. Until it passes it. Yeah. Please, well, yeah. And, oh, uh, there's something I have to point out, too. And I don't know how you're going to find this movie. It's not a horror movie. Um, but you mentioned Angela Bassett. And I was just talking about this last night. A movie that is horrifyingly prescient today is Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days, and I recommend anybody I think can think of to find that movie. It's not it's not on DVD anymore. It's not streaming, but look, you guys are all smart. Find this fucking movie because it feels very, very real right now, yeah. and uh, I want people to be checking that one out, but it's, it, you know, maybe it's just because we live in Los Angeles that I'm, like, I'm so compelled to, like, tell people, like, hey, check out this movie because it, you know, takes place in, L- in an L.A. that's torn by, like, 
police brutality and, and racial strife, you know? So, um, but also the idea of experiencing other people's memories. I mean, hello, Instagram. <laughs> um, so, uh, try to dig up that one as well. Cause I mean, these are all movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it took me a second to remember what strange days was, but, yeah. um, I do, I remember it now. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, like not only, not just Instagram, but like the, I, the idea of body cams, you know, like the, um, you know, with the that weird- was one of those movies that I saw when I was real young too. And I remember, I think it was like, you know, one of those late light movies. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love, I, I was the video store, uh, near my friend's house had like, they were giving away free stuff and they, I, I got a, like a big cardboard stand of that movie that, you know, a, as a 13 year old, I couldn't figure out how to assemble. And so it just, occupied a space in my closet until I finally had to just give up the ghost and let it go. But, um, yeah, anyway, um, dude, yeah, stream, stream any of these movies, however you can drop, download them. I don't care. Just watch them. Yeah. So, all right, guys, well, we will see, you'll be in touch. Uh, we'll be, we'll be in touch. We'll yeah. be back we'll be in, in touch guys, but also be in touch with us. Instagram video underscore yeah. vampires. Don't be afraid to hit us up. Yeah. Please. All right. Please. Bye. Okay, bye. Let's roll, bro. In this neighborhood is a house where souls never rest. You're invited to share their secrets. I've been waiting for you, boys. You're invited to share their tales. Unless, of course... You're scared. Tales of madness. Ah! <laughs> of revenge. The gods don't want you there. They want reparation. <laughs> of horror. He thinks he needs to kill the monster. Now, your most terrifying nightmare and your most frightening reality are about to meet. On the streets. And this is a trip, homie. I don't need nothing from no house of dead folks, okay? Death. It comes in many strange packages. The producer of Menace to Society and executive producer Spike Lee will take you to the outer limits of the inner city. I mean, I don't need to be hearing this, man. Written and produced by Darren Scott. Written and directed by Rusty Cundiff. 